be transformed. Turn into a better version of yourself, the highest version of yourself. You could be so much stronger than this. You could be better than you are today. You could be the highest version you've never reached. I want you to look in the mirror and challenge that man in the mirror because you can lie to everybody in the world, but you can't lie to that mirror. You are now tuned in to the Decisive Point Podcast, where influence meets intellect, the keys to unlocking your full potential. Here's your host, Jeffrey Delgado. All right. Good morning, everyone. Thank you guys for being here for another episode. Thank you all for listening in. I'm excited today. I have a special guest. His name is Freddie. And Freddie, his last name is Katota. Am I saying that right? Correct. Freddie Katota. And Freddie is a very good friend of mine who I was introduced to a few years back and has become one of the most successful people that I've ever come across, and in, in not just in financial terms, but also in terms of just being a success in his life. And I felt... He has a great story and uh, probably some great messages and some nuggets that could probably help anyone in the world. That's kind of why I wanted you here. Freddie, you're a great guy. Trust him. Work with him in one of our divisions of our company. We became very close, and I got a chance to kind of learn how he operates and his his character and his style. So, Freddie, thank you uh, for being here today, sir. Well, I appreciate that, Jeff. Thank you. Yeah, you're you're, making uh, me sound better than I am. (laughs) You're you're an inspiration. (laughs) Freddie, tell me, tell the audience uh, a little bit about yourself and, you know, what you're doing now and kind of, you know, what got you here. Maybe there's a a little nugget just in a little story of, you know, what a little bit about what you've done and what you've been through in the past. Yeah. So it's a great question, Jeff. Um, One of the things that I go back to, you got to go back to go forward. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I go back to my parents, they're immigrants from El Salvador, you Mm -hmm. know, came to this country with nothing. Uh, My, my dad, you know, was a janitor. My mom cleaned houses, you know, so they had a humble beginning, right. Mm -hmm. Didn't have a lot of opportunities but they try their best. And I think, you know, as parents, now as a parent, I think back and, you know, we just try our best as parents to be the best parent we can to teach our children not only how to succeed, but some principles. And I think if we teach our kids principles, no matter what they go going through in life, they'll always have those principles to go back to. And I think that's very important. So, hmm. you know, some of the principles that they taught me was hard work, you know, and hard work is transferable in any situation, school, Um, you know, I went to a public school, you know, I think I did kind of okay. (laughs) You're from, you're from where? Southern California. California, Yeah. Southern California. Um, and then, you know, after I graduated high school, um, I decided that, you know, I was, you know, I had to serve a mission for my church. Um, I'm a member of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And so I went to the Philippines for two years and I was able to serve there. I learned the language. I love the, I love the people of the Philippines. You learned the language. You could speak Tagalog. Yeah, I could speak Tagalog. Morunungako. Marunongako. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I'm Filipino. I don't even know how to communicate with you. <laughs> but I mean, I wow. love I loved my experience over there. It was, you know, definitely changed me as a person. Um, being in a, you know, third world country and being able to see poverty at a different level. But seeing the humility in people and seeing how, you know, much love that they have without having, you know, some of the luxuries we have here in the U.S. And just sure. being able to see that, you know, and... You know, they may not have anything to offer you, but they'll offer you everything they have, you know. Right. And so that really affected me um, when I was younger. I was about 19, 20. I came back when I was 22. And so from there, I, you know, I took a job and, you know, started working. What was um, your first job when you got back? So when I, before I left, I was working at Forever 21. So Forever 21. Yeah. Wow. And my first job ever was I was a greeter you know, at, at Forever 21. So I would come in and be like, hey, <laughs> wow. we got some specials in the back, you know, we got some sales, you know, and I, I remember uh, I got employee of the month 
you know, my first as month a greeter. Being, as a greeter. Wow. As a greeter. And I got promoted to become a cashier, and then I became a team leader, and then I became an assistant manager, and then I went on a mission. And, you know, the general manager at the time was like, are you sure you want to go on a mission? I can give you, you know, that you <laughs> next, know, level. next level. Next level. Right. And I was like, yeah, you know, I appreciate it, but I, I got to go. I got to do this thing. And it's going to be important. So then I, when I came back, I didn't know anything else other than retail. So I went back in retail. And I worked for a store called Anchor Blue that doesn't even exist anymore. Anchor Blue. You remember that what? store? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. doesn't Anchor. exist anymore. Oh. Uh, but I was assistant manager. I was making eleven twenty-five. I remember. And, um, you know, I thought that was pretty good. You know, and then what we did is, you know, I got a girlfriend. She's from Orange County and I was from L.A. So we were from different sides of the of the tra train tracks, you know. And I was mm -hmm. like, man, I really want to impress this girl. Right. So, you know, I, I'm going to need some type of better income, you know. And I also wanted to marry her, you know. And after a long courtship of six months, you know, I, I popped the question. Wow. Yeah, so six months, huh? Six months. You we, knew. When you know, you know. You know. <laughs> you know, and I always, people always ask me, like, how do you know so fast? Mm -hmm. I was like, when our, in our church, you know, in our religion, we believe that, you know, you, you don't have sex before marriage, you know. And right. so in six months, you get to know the person really well. You know? So you're rushing a little bit. Well, you're just talking more. I you see. know, there's I no, see. you don't have to worry about other things, right? So you're just talking, you're, you know, just talking all the time. So you get to know them gotcha. quickly. You know, and right. so it's not that I was rushing. It was just that I got to know her really well, gotcha. you know, in a small period of time. And so then what happened was, you know, I was like, okay, well, I want to provide a lifestyle for her. She's kind of from a wealthier family and I'm not, I'm, you know, humble beginnings still. And so uh, one of my friends from church actually, you know, tapped on my shoulder and said, hey, you know, I'm doing this thing. I'm going to go out and sell alarms door to door for four months. You know, you can make up to $50,000. I was like, I'm in. Like, that's easy. Like $50,000 for the year? For the four months. For four months. Yeah. So, wow. I mean, this is back in 2007, mm -hmm. you know, or six actually. And so I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to do that. Whatever, yeah. you know, knock Why on not? doors, talk yeah, to absolutely. people, you know. And so I went out there with the expectation of making at least I was like, you know what? Let's just make at least five thousand dollars. At the time, that seemed like a lot of money. Sure. I ended up making twenty thousand dollars in six or in six months, and I was like, hey, that's not bad. You know, I can do that. And so I was a top rep in my office, and then oh, wow, yeah. So I was like, hey, I could do this thing, mm -hmm. you know. And then next year they promoted me to become a manager. I went top. So you started going door to door sales. Door to door sales. And you were the top uh, salesperson in that in that office. Yeah, in that office. In yeah. That office. Wow. Yeah, one of the top. There was a couple other guys. I was one of the top ones. Wow. Um, and then the next year I became a manager. They promoted me to become a manager, and then I did the same thing, but I went out to New York and I had my own office. So I had my me and my wife just got married, and so we went out to New York. And so it was me and my wife, you know, starting this new relationship. You know, we were just married and, you know, we had my brother moved out with us, his wife. He, they had a child, two children, actually. And so we all drove to New, New York. Wow. Yeah, it took us about four days <laughs> to get there. And, um, you know, we were there for four months, you know. And in that period of four months, you know, I was able to make over six figures. And I was in like. In four months. In four months. So so I you was were going door to door. Door to door. In New York. Selling alarms, yeah. Wow. And so it, you know, coming from. Nothing, right? My parents tried their best, you know, and, and they and they did as you know as best as they could. And so, you know, I you know making that type of income in such a small period of time, it changed the way I thought. You know, I was like, wow, this is something I can do. Like, I can do this. I can become bigger. I can start dreaming again. You know, because sometimes as you know, as when you're a kid, you dream a lot. You know, and I used to, I always had these dreams of what I wanted to do, how successful I wanted to become. You know, but when you get older, you're like, oh, I don't know if that's gonna happen. You know, there's you know, you get all these you know, uh, ideas in your mind that you're not enough or that you can't make it. 
But the principle of hard work came in again. You know, that principle of, hey, let's just go out and do your best and just make it happen. Did you have months when you were kind of going through that that was hard? Did you ever oh, have yeah. ups and downs? Or? Of course, yeah. I mean, you're talking about going door to door, talking to people. About rejection. Oh, my goodness. Rejection. So how many doors would you knock in an average day? Uh, in a day, I'd probably knock about, you know, 50 to 60 doors. 50 to 60 doors. Yeah. And, and majority of them were rejections. Majority of them, yeah. Wow. But I was I was the top rep that year. You know, so even at a at a high level, being the top rep, you still get people who say no. You know, and so um, you know, I was able to sell over almost almost two hundred accounts that year, which is one of the you know my best years. That's amazing. Yeah, it was great. And so you know, on the way back, we drove back from New York to back to you know Southern California, and I remember just feeling so you know like invincible, right? right. You just feel like powerful, like man, I just I was able to do this, but. I went back to, you know, the reason why I felt like I was successful is because I was trying to live a life, and I still do, that, you know, is very God-inspired. You know, it's like I always, you know, make sure that I'm right with the Lord. You know, I'm not cheating people. I'm not, you know, treating people bad. You know, I'm trying to be the best, you know, not just financially but also spiritually, which obviously that comes out into morally, you know. And so I, I try to have the highest morals. And, it you know, I was successful, and so I was super happy. You know, I came home excited you know we we were in our own apartment a couple and then what that was 2007 and then a couple years later i just kept doing the same thing you know at 25 i bought my first house my same wife, company you're at same, same company, company. Uh -huh. yeah um i was 25 when we bought our first house she was 21 you know this is back in 2009 wow. you know which you know after 2008 mortgage, mortgage crash yeah right. crash mm -hmm. so i bought a house at a discount you know, but because I was doing what I was doing, I had the income and I was able to buy a house at a discount. So ended up selling the house years later and make a good profit as well. But, you know, one of the lessons I learned from, you know, going back to my original story with my parents is the hard work. Like, like a lot of people I know, like now with, you know, Instagram and everything, they want everything instantly, you know, right. everything. they want everything right now. And, you know, my advice would be like, hey, things will, th good things will happen, but you have to be patient. And greatness is just doing good things over and over again. Like, that's how I see greatness happen, is just being good at something and doing good things over and over again. And so it's helped me understand, like, hey, this is, you know, something that I feel responsible now. Like, the Lord has feel like I, I've been blessed with, you know, finances, and I'm, you know, I try to be more charitable with, with the finances that I've been given, you know, because what, you know, if you're given much, you're also required of much. And so I strive to be able to give to charities and other resources to, you know, back people in the Philippines that I still help out today, you know, and be able to do charity runs out there and, you know, people and my family, extended family members in El Salvador and other places. And so it's been one of those things that I, you know, try to, you know, emulate, you know, as try to give as much as I can to help others, you know, with the resources that I've been given. So you're no longer in the home alarm business, but you moved to a different type of uh, a different sector. Is I that did. correct? Yeah, I did. So, uh, earlier this year, you know, I was contemplating making a different move. You know, the solar industry is something that was emerging and I saw that as an opportunity and I knew something that was going to be here, not go away. Like I knew about the solar industry for years now. Um, my, one of my good friends name is Leo. He, you know, since 2014, he would talk to me about joining him in his solar industry and he was doing really well, but I didn't, I didn't feel like it was time for me. I, you know, kind of thought the solar industry maybe was a fad, 
there's a lot of government involved in there. So like, oh, I'm not sure if this is going to be sustainable. Right. Um, but then as the years progressed, I saw this is not going away, you know. And so the writing was on the wall and I decided to jump in um, earlier this year. You know, we talked, obviously, yes, and, yes. and, and, and uh, we were able to have that relationship as well. But you know, it's been a great blessing to be able to be part of something that's not going anywhere. It's something that's helping the environment, helping people save money. You know, and it's great to be part of this industry today. Part of a moving, moving yes. uh, organism. It's, it's not going away. It's not going away. Yeah, it's not going away. You know, if you look back in your career, um, so from what your story, you didn't have college. You didn't go to college. I didn't go to college. I did college a little bit. My wife graduated college. It was wife one of the graduated. promises that my my mother in law had made with me. She said, "Hey, I'll let you marry her." If you let her graduate college, wow. okay. just in case, because I mean, understandably, I mean, here's this guy, you know, from L.A. that didn't have a lot going for him at the time. And, you know, she in her I, I understand today, but at the time I was like, oh, why is she being unfair? But I mean, as a mother, you want to make sure your children are taken care of especially sure. by their husband. So I get it today. But I mean, I get it. You know, I, I was knocking on doors for a living. So probably right. not the most respectable thing at that time for, in her opinion. Um, but it, I mean, obviously it worked out. Look where it led you to. Yeah. <laughs> Do you feel that, you know, when you mentioned earlier that hard work was a huge factor yeah. uh, for your success at this point in your life, give an example. Like a lot of people are listening are from different parts of the world Yep. and they may have a similar background. And you know, when you say hard work, what does that mean? What do you, what do you mean by hard work? How, do, how, how can somebody grow by just hearing hard work other than knowing what that means. Sure. Like, you That's know, what, is, what does working hard mean to you? Yeah. And I'll just give you, you know, a typical day back when I was doing alarms is, you know, I would I'd wake up in the morning, uh-huh. you know, and I would go out and to hit businesses, business to business. And I would door you wake up business, early or wake you... up early. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, and go to businesses and knock on their doors owners. And mm-hmm. I would talk to them about getting an alarm system for their house, for their business. And then I would possibly get a two for one by getting their house as well. So I would try to get, you know, one to two in the morning, you know, have a lunch and then go back out for the rest of the night. So I'd take an hour lunch and then, you know, from, you know, one o'clock to eight o'clock or until I got two or three more. So I try to do, you know, two to four a day, which is great, um, a day, you know, and the rejection part is the most important, you know, because going through rejection, going through rejection and knowing it's not against you, right? It's not, they have nothing personally against you. It's that they're not interested in what you're telling them. And understandably so, right? Not everyone thinks um, home security is important until they get broken into. Uh, not everyone <laughs> thinks uh, life insurance is important until somebody dies. That's right? Right. Um, you know, no one thinks a, a fire or a home insurance for fire is important until their house burns down. And so, you know, people don't think of things like that all the time. There are some that are proactive and they think about those things. And those are the people you're going to be talking to. You know, and so you just got to filter through the people. And I tell people all the time when I when I had, you know, in the in the alarm industry, I was telling when I was training, like, hey, look, just because they're mean to you doesn't mean that it's you. Unfortunately, they're going through something that is spilling out through their language and the way they treat you. People don't like to treat people badly just because they like to do that unless they're maybe Maybe there's some people like that, but most people don't. Most people like to be nice. They like to treat people with respect. Um, that's the way I like to think about it. And so if they're mean to you, it's because they're probably going through something. So don't take it personally. You know, wish them a good day and go on to the next door. Right. So you went through a lot of that. And given that type of experience, 
do you tell your kids to go to college as they continue to get older? Do you want them to go to school or would you let them just pursue a different path? Maybe, you know, happen what happened to you? Yeah, I think it's ultimately to their decision, right? Everyone has their own decision. I would encourage it, you know, because there are some things that I wish I would have learned in the classroom that I didn't learn, but I did learn in a, in the field, in the work, in experience. In the, in the field, yeah. right. And so sometimes those experiences do cost some money, right? So you're either going to pay for it in college or you're going to pay for it with making a bad decision in your business. And so, you know, in, in 2009, when I opened my own business, you know, I, I had my own dealership doing alarms and, you know, I didn't have a business degree or anything like that. And so my wife who had a college degree, you know, she helped me a lot because there were things that she learned that I didn't know mm. about theories and, you know, practical things, um, especially when it came to like uh, business management of finances, you know, some things I didn't know, like, oh yeah, we got to think about that. These things we got to, we got to put into play. And so it really comes down to, there are some things that I wish I would have probably studied, you know, not specifically get a degree in, but there's topics I wish I would have learned so that it can be easier for me to, you know, apply in my business life. You know, being a, and I'll just say it like this, being a seven figure plus earner, what would be like five or three to five things that you would recommend that are critical for someone listening out there that they should focus on in their life? You know, what are three to five critical areas of your life that you knew that if I didn't learn how to do this, I wouldn't have got to this point in my life. Sure. What would you think someone would learn from your story or maybe something that you went through in your life that would be critical for someone else? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, one of the things, obviously, we talked about is hard work. Number two, I would say, is part of your mental is environmental. You know, keeping a good environment, mm. you know, and not, we don't get to choose our environment sometimes, but sometimes right. we can. That's you right. know, like, obviously, if if we're a uh, son or daughter and our parents have a volatile relationship, it's kind of hard to choose differently, but we can decide to um, choose how we feel, what we do in our own space. Right. And I think obviously mental health has become a big issue. You know, that's, I think it's important and it really starts with who do we think we are? What's our worth? What, who do we see ourselves becoming? And it really comes back to our mental state. Like, what are we continually thinking about is what we're going to become. And so mm -hmm. if you're always thinking about fear, you're always thinking about being nervous, negative. negative, negative right. I mean, you're going to become that. It comes out as that person. And so, you know, and sometimes you don't have control. You know, you try to have as much control as you can. But I always learned, you know, try to control the things you can control. You know, and if you can control the things you can control, just let everything else work out the way it does. Right. Another one is sometimes when things are falling out of place, they're actually falling into place. Mm. So let things happen. Like an example of that. So in mean? 2014, I um, had a business that was having some problems because one of my recruiters actually decided to leave, you know, in the middle of the night kind of and take my reps. And, you know, it was kind of a nasty way of doing things. Um, <laughs> and so he kind of put me in a bad position, you know, and I was kind of like, well, you know, why did this happen to me? You know, I'm like, you know, I, obviously I want to succeed still. But because of that, it made me think differently, you know, and, and that is what led me to hooking up with my company that was with last Skyline. And I was a dealer before that. And so what it did is it made me think like, is this what I really want to do? Do I really want to be my own dealer? Or do I want to go join a dealership and be able to do big things with a bigger team and have more resources. And so it made me think differently. And so because of that, you know, I went from having a kind of negative year in the beginning to having a really positive year by the end of the year. 
And it was because I realized that things are not falling out of place. They're actually falling into place. Mm. So it was know, all part of a plan. Part or, of a plan, yeah, a bigger plan. Wow. And, and at the end of the day, you know, you know, I'm a big believer. And so I think, you know, God has a plan for us. And so we just have to be able and willing to know what that plan is. And sometimes our plan is not his plan, majority of the time. You know, we, th- we think we should be this person, but in reality, we're not. And so you think of, you know, obviously you have had children. I've had children. I have children that are small. And, you know, I think they should become this person and they think they should become that person. And it doesn't really matter, you know, who's right or who's wrong. But I know that their potential is going to be bigger than what they think they are going to be. You know, sometimes they're like, you know, if a child starts walking, right, and and they fall, I'm not going to get mad at them. Be like, hey, you're supposed to be walking by now, right? You just help them, encourage them, get them up, keep them going. They have more potential, because right. we th- can see the potential in them. So I think it's important to be able to see the potential that we have in ourselves, you know, um, and the Lord has, you know, a special plan for us. And I would say this, you know, the, the greatest commandments, you know, that were given is love God and love others as thyself. So it's almost a two in one, right? Love God and then love others as thyself. So that means you should love yourself. You know, and I think it's important that you need to love yourself. It's a you, great point. Yeah, right. You need to love yourself because sometimes... that be your next point? Love yourself. Yes, love yeah, yourself, absolutely. you know, because it's not, you know, sometimes you're going to feel like you're the worst person in the world. You make the worst decision, you know, and, you know, you got to know that, hey, everything's going to be okay, you know. So what I hear from you is a lot of your um, internal beliefs and your internal uh, compass is based on spiritual beliefs and also your faith in God. Yep. Is that accurate? Absolutely. And you lean everything on that. Yeah, absolutely. Like I have my four pillars, right? I go faith is my first one because I think my relationship with with God is super important. Um, And then it's my family, which I love my family. I have four kids and my beautiful wife, and that's super important to me. And then it's my finance world where I, I believe that, you know, we should try everything in our power to be successful in the financial aspect, to be able to give back, now, not just for our own gain, but also to help others do the same. And the last one is my fitness. You know, I believe that you want to be, you know, physically well to live a long life, but also mentally well as well. And that mentally is, you know, reading books and podcasts and, you know, doing and networking with people that are, you know, going to help you, inspire you. <laughs> it's interesting. All letters start with F. Yep, because right. my name's Freddie. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was just going to, it was like um, everything you're trying to get an A, but in this class, you, getting an F is a good <laughs> That's thing. A good it's thing. a good thing, you know? Yeah. It's like against the world. It's like, uh, even with me, I don't have a college background just yep. like you. You kind of just fight in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I think for me, I doubt it a lot, and I believe that I may not have the same type of, and I envy your relationship with God. I envy your faith. Not that I don't believe there's a God, not that I don't um, have faith. It's just I, I don't seem to have the relationship as great as I wish I could. Right. And, and I think that's hearing a person like you talk kind of makes me yearn for that. It's kind of mm. inspiring even hearing you talk that way because it makes me realize where I'm empty in sure. areas where I could be much more fulfilled. And But I do believe that everything in my life is because there was someone or God that is guiding me, even though I may have went through negative, you feel the same way? Did you ever have a situation that was so bad, you know, that you had to turn and believe in faith because nothing else would have got you out of it? Is anything else that happened like that in your life? I mean, I'll go back to that example of that year that, you know, that individual left, right? Because it was hard on me financially, but it was actually one of the best spiritual years that I've ever had. Wow. So it was kind of a 
like a, you know, it was weird because it was, it could have been, I could have blamed God. I could have easily said, well, you know, this is, this situation is because of God, because, you know, it could have been, you know, saying these nasty things, Mm -hmm. but it was actually the best thing that happened to me. It was, you know, it was, I was 30 years old and I always thought to myself, you know, I want to be better, you know, and I just, for some reason I said 30 years old, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a little bit more better, a little better because I want to be better by 30. And then, you know, that year, you know, it was a great year, you know, in our church, we believe that we go to the temples to be able to do some proxy work for others that have passed away. And so my wife and I, every month, you know, we were going to the temple every single month and it felt great. And so I got called into leadership that year, you know, at the end of the year. And, you know, I was like, wow, this is, you know, something that, you know, and it's helped me even become better, you know, pressure situations, you know, require more of you and it requires to become better. I'll say this, I'll say this other thing is um, about failure, you know, you can't be afraid of it, it's going to happen, you know, failure is your best teacher, Mm -hmm. so allow it to happen, allow it to become part of what you do, obviously you don't want to be a failure your whole life, but learn from it, you know, I tell my kids, I was like, look, you don't never, you never lose, you either win or you learn, that's it, that's the only thing that's going to happen, you're going to win or you're going to learn, you know, because if they don't learn, then they lose. That's right. You know, if you don't learn from your failures because or failures, then you're, you're really going to lose. And so I just tell them, look, this has happened. You didn't succeed. Why is it that you didn't succeed? Don't do it again. Become better. Wow. I mean, that's an amazing story, Freddie. I yeah. Mean, uh, any last advice you'd want to give to the audience? That's, you, you know, anything else you want to get off your chest? So, you know, I, I always look at it like this. You never know who's listening. Yeah. Right. And I was one of these guys where I was always listening to some sort of personal development or something out there to help inspire me. So my goal is to always see if there's one thing that you could help inspire someone as a last word. What do you think that could be? What would you say? I'd say don't count anyone out. You know, when you would have asked me at 18 years old if I was going to be where I'm at today, you would have looked at me and said, never. Never. That kid? No. No. That kid, he has so many bad things going on in his life. I was, you know, I was completely inactive at my church. I was doing all the wrong things, you know, was not trying to hear anything or hear any advice, you know, but, you know, a a loving mother and a loving father, you know, intervened and tried to help me out and they did, you know, and and in God's grace, I was able to, you know, turn and, and become better. And so don't count anyone out, even if they you think that they are in a position that they'll never come back from. I'm a standing testimony that that's not true, that people can change, and they can change for the better. If someone wanted to uh, get a hold of you, Freddie, do you have anything, like a, maybe they could email you or somewhere they could contact uh, I'm you? I'm on Instagram, you know, okay. fcat84. Fcat84. Pretty easy. There you go. Well, if they may <laughs> want to follow you, say hello to you, you yeah. know, see your F, life. Yeah, FC. And he's a great example. I, mean, I do follow him on, on Instagram, and he's a great example. He's he's uh, What he's saying is who he really is, and I could I could also attest to that. So thank you, Freddie. i yeah, got to say one it. thing. You do look young. Uh, <laughs> how old are you, Freddie? I'm 37 now. 37 years yeah, old. Yeah, You have great now. skin, good hey, full head you. of hair. You'll, I envy that as well. South Salvadoran blood. Is, is that yeah. what it is? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you, you, get, you must get a lot of rest. Is oh, right? I, you know, six six hours a night. That's six. that's that's how much I sleep every night. So. Wait, man. Well, thank you for being no here problem. today. I look forward to having you come back again. For Maybe sure. next year. 
be a whole nother hey, level. Hey, that's man. expectation, right? Let's do, it. Let's do it. Hey, thank you, Freddie. No problem. Take care. Take care, man. I'll talk right. to you soon. Thanks, everybody, for being on today. We look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you again, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, show your support by subscribing or leaving a rating and a review. Until next time, this is the Decisive Point Podcast with your host, Jeffrey Delgado.